0: pro fans all over the world we welcome you to the Pro Fan arena where prolific sports fandom a desire for wisdom in life and work for the purpose of glorifying god through our gifts and talents all rumble together thank you for joining us now introducing your starting lineup standing five feet nine from the university of take responsibility Playing the position of Chief Encourager, your host, the founder of Pro Fan League, the Pro Fan, Bradley Gibbs! Welcome into the Pro Fan League arena. My name is Brad Gibbs, the founder of Pro Fan League. Thanks for joining us today. Happy Friday, y'all. Let's get it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is alive. He has conquered sin and death. And that makes this a great day. Now, lace up your Reebok answer fours and let's talk sports. Do you remember those Allen Iverson Reebok sneakers? When I was a young man in late elementary school, early middle school, they were what all the people wanted on their feet. I was never a tremendously huge Allen Iverson fan. I wasn't a Sixers fan, but he could score the ball. He was actually a tremendous football player, and I always did think that his shoes looked pretty good. But I never felt like I was allowed to actually like his shoes because i didn't like the sixers but now that i'm getting to be an older man i realize you know what you can respect a good looking shoe and the reebok answer fours or just that a good looking shoe Allen iverson he could score the rock he was a fine player he took a lot of shots he took a lot of shots he was not scared to pull the trigger hey man, shooters, shooters shoot. Today, we're going to be talking about micro missions and macro missions. I want to give some clarity to this idea. I say it a lot. Hey, what's your micro mission? What's your macro mission? But it was brought to my attention, and I appreciate my wife for doing it, that I don't actually, I haven't spent time really building out what I mean by that. So, Today, I'd like to spend a few minutes to talk about that. We'll do that over the course of the show. First, we gotta get some things out of the way here. A little housekeeping. Last night, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Portland Trailblazers one hundred and thirty-nine to seventy-seven. For those of you functioning without a calculator right now, that is a sixty two point victory. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, that would be counted as a 62-point highlight reel victory. For the Portland Trail Blazers, that would be counted as a 62-point blooper reel. Well, this morning I'm identifying a little bit more with the Portland Trail Blazers' pain than the Oklahoma City Thunder's victory. I have two regrettable Bradley bloopers to share from my Tuesday show. I appreciate uh, my father-in-law pointing these out to me. We try to keep this show on the level. We want people to be able to trust what they're hearing. So we take accountability when we mess up. Take responsibility. That is one of the core ethics of pro fan league. So I mentioned that Chris Spielman was hired by the Washington Commanders as an advisor. Eh, wrongo. Rick Spielman was the gentleman hired by the Commanders with Bob Myers as an advisor. And I also want to make clear that they are not acting in any sort of general manager capacity. They have been hired as an advisory board to fill out the rest of the Washington Commander leadership positions. Rick will be in Washington, not Chris. Chris Spielman still works with the Detroit Lions and I'm sure is very excited about the success Detroit is experiencing this season. Secondarily, and this one actually stuck with me over the last few days because in some ways I almost felt it was disrespectful. Whether that's true or not, I did not intend it to be disrespectful. Disrespectful. In a very brief moment in the last show, I talked about the movie series, The Band of Brothers. And I said that Band of Brothers was based on a unit in the 82nd Airborne Division. Band of Brothers was based on a unit in the 101st Airborne Division. Part of the reason that stuck with me over the last few days is because I, uh, I do appreciate the sacrifices our men and women in the military make. That Band of Brothers unit, well, they're the 101st Airborne, they were documented in the TV series Band of Brothers, but those men made a lot of sacrifices, they did excellent work. And if I'm going to talk about them, I want to talk about them in the right framing with nothing but respect for their sacrifices and for the amazing lessons in teamwork, professionalism, and thinking of others before themselves that they can demonstrate to us. So I almost feel I mentioned them in passing. I almost feel like it came across as flippant. That is not uh, what I intended and uh I apologize. I apologize for that uh Bradley's blooper. Band of Brothers is based on the 101st. Anybody who has been in the 101st or the 82nd airborne, present or past, I apologize for messing up that important history. And it is important. History is important. All right. Now that we cleared up the Bradley's bloopers, We got things back to par. Let's see if we can uh, go under par a little bit here. Or, I guess, into the bonus. Let's move more towards a 62-point win than a 62-point loss. That's the goal. This, This week has unexpectedly turned in to a week where historic eras are closing, and it, and it is aligned very well with this micro and macro mission conversation. I did not expect on Tuesday, when I was doing the show, that by Friday, we would have Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and Nick Saban all stepping down from their current coaching positions and Nike would break off its relationship with Tiger Woods. These are all the end of iconic eras. These are the end of sports sports past, sports history, sports legacy that have been ongoing for In some cases, two decades, Nick Saban's been at Alabama for 17 years. Pete Carroll was one of the longest tenured head coaches in the NFL. Belichick had been with the Patriots for almost 30 years. Tiger Woods had been with Nike for 27 years. And as I heard that these four situations were all unfolding, quite honestly, it it stirred a bunch of nostalgia in me. It, It took me back. To my early days as a sports fan, it made me smile, and it made me a little sad, but it also brought up all these questions of, man, what's next? Who's, who's going to take the spots of these accomplished and legendary figures in sports? Who's, who's going to build that kind of gravitas next? Let me run through the list really quick and just some initial thoughts that hit me as I was thinking about each one. Bill Belichick, now, he's done coaching in New England. I don't think he's done coaching, but the Bill Belichick press conferences in New England were always entertaining. I actually spent some time last night just watching like a, a mixtape of Bill Belichick's press conferences in New England and they went kind of like this bill 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 uh, tell us about that loss how'd you feel about it uh, uh, the other team uh, the other the other team scored more points than we did how do you feel about it uh the the other team scored more I mean there are decades of of these kinds of of press conferences, or sometimes he'll be uncharacteristically revealing. Uh, Last year or two years ago, somebody asked him about why every team has a long snapper, why they use a roster spot on a long snapper. And he talked for like 12 and a half minutes on the importance of a long snapper and how Uh, specialty positions on NFL roster have have been revolutionary to the game so I laugh and smile when I think of Belichick and his brief answers at the press conferences and sometimes his very long-winded answers at the press conferences but this guy I mean wow an unmatched career as an NFL football coach the best to ever do it At the NFL level. Six championships. Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is one of three coaches to have won a national championship and a Super Bowl. He won a national championship at USC. Obviously, he won a Super Bowl in Seattle. And he was one potential run call away from winning back-to-back Super Bowls. We all remember that Malcolm Butler interception of Russell Wilson. They didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Wow. They didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. They gave him some Skittles on the sidelines, but they didn't give him the rock. Man, what an amazing moment in Super Bowl history. So, Pete Carroll is out. In both of these cases, when asked why they're moving on, uh, well, Bill Belichick was invited to, to move on. It was mutual. Pete Carroll is talking about how he's getting older. He's into his 70s. The same with Nick Saban. Nick Saban gave a long interview with Reese Davis yesterday about why he was moving on. Nick Saban has won seven national championships, and he... Basically, told Reese Davis that he's moving on because he's getting older and his energy levels aren't where he feels they need to be in order to be the kind of coach that he wants to be. He said that going to bed at 2 in the morning and waking up at 6 a.m. is a lot harder than it used to be as a young man, and he feels that he owes his teams the ability to make that kind of an effort. And he doesn't feel like he can handle the grind of a a long season and the recruiting like he used to be able to. So it's time to step down. When I think of Nick Saban, I think of his ability to build a culture. I heard another interview. uh, I believe it was with Marty Smith yesterday, who's a reporter for ESPN and uh, Marty Smith was talking with Lane Kiffin and Apparently, Nick Saban is very famous for those around him talking about two questions or two choices that people can ask and answer every single day. The first question is, what do I have to do to be great to accomplish my goals today? And the second question is, what do I have to say no to that I might want to do That would ruin my chances of accomplishing my goals today. And apparently those two questions are the framework of the whole culture that he would build at Alabama. I wrote about Nick Saban in the Swinging a Torch blog this week. I would encourage you to go check it out. Uh, He produced a record number of first round NFL draft picks in his career as a college coach. This guy was formidable as an opponent. As a college football coach, he never had a losing season in 28 seasons of head coaching, which is remarkable. Yes, college football is sad to see Nick Saban go. He leaves a vast crater in the college football landscape as far as influence and legacy. But... I bet you the SEC is glad to see him go. People will pay tribute behind the microphone, and then they will walk back to their coaching offices, coaching staffs, and teams and say, the window of opportunity is wide open in the SEC. Who's going to coach at Alabama? Man, that's a big question. Tiger Woods and the Nike relationship. When I think of Tiger Woods and Nike, I think of the 2005 Masters, he chips in on the 16th hole, and it creates maybe the greatest natural marketing commercial in the history of sports. This is not hyperbole. I put a link to the video in the Swinging a Torch blog. Go check it out if you don't remember it. He chips in off the fringe of the green on the 16th hole in this Epic video. Might have been the 13th hole. 13th hole or 16th hole. He chips in. And as the ball takes its meandering journey towards the cup. Right before it falls in. It stops. On the on the lip of the cup. With the Nike logo. Facing the camera. And a cameraman caught it. Nike turned this in to a just-do-it commercial. I have it on the Swinging a Torch blog. Go watch it. It was a trip down memory lane for me, and it's an amazing shot. It's It's an amazing commercial. And back in those days, the Sunday red was a real thing, and if Tiger had a lead on Sunday or if he was in a couple of shots of the lead, everybody felt, everybody knew that Tiger Woods had a chance to win. That Sunday Red on Tiger Woods was a part of the mental warfare that he would bring to bear on his opponents. It wasn't just the golf. Tiger got into people's minds in the golf course. As if you need more going on in your mind when you're on a golf course. Uh, It's already a very mentally taxing thing to play golf. Golf brings all your insecurities to the surface. Very quickly as I thought about these four ends of an era Pete Carroll Nick Saban Tiger Woods Bill Belichick questions populated into my mind when do you know when it's time to move on how do you know when it's time for a new chapter to start who's going to start writing new chapters as these chapters are closing what kind of goals and aspirations do these men take with them now Belichick, Sabin, and Carroll are all getting older. How do they want to finish well? I wonder what their macro missions are. Will Tiger Woods seek a new partnership? He's been wearing Foot Joy shoes a lot lately. Obviously, his career has had many ups and downs. Lots of uh, high moments in the world of sports. Lots of uh, low moments, personally, for Tiger Woods. What is he hoping to accomplish At now as he's moving towards the second half of his life? What are the macro and micro missions they are defining? So very clearly put, when I talk about a macro mission, I'm talking about a long-term goal that likely cannot be accomplished in a few weeks, months, or maybe even years, and has multiple steps leading up to its accomplishment. For instance, this past summer, I was talking with a young man and I asked him, what is your macro mission? Give me an example of a mission that isn't within reach yet, but you want it so badly that when things get hard, when you're doing something that's hard, the pull of that macro mission that you want so badly is going to get you through the hard times. It's magnetic. It's drawing you towards it. It's giving you energy to get through something that might be hard because you know you have to do that micro thing to accomplish the macro thing. For him, his goal is to start a nonprofit organization that helps people who want to adopt but cannot pay for it. That's his macro mission. So, As he's considering what he's studying at university, as he's considering how he wants to allocate his dollars, as he's considering the team he needs to put around him, he's making decisions with that macro mission in mind. Micro missions. Micro missions are the small steps that put you in increasing advantageous position To accomplish your macro mission. They're connected. Now, because they're intertwined, this can get a little messy. Yes, you can have more than one macro mission. And it will likely take many micro missions to accomplish a macro mission. They overlap. They intertwine. To some degree. But I think it's very helpful if you start to think across your macro missions in a couple of categories. What are my macro missions for how I spend time? What are my macro missions for my family, for my marriage, for my career? What are my macro missions for my fitness, for my travel, for generosity and hobbies? If you declare macro missions across those eight categories. And then you start to fill out the micro missions underneath each one of those categories. I think the effectiveness of the exercise is important in the fact that it starts to show you competing missions. We only have so much time in life. We only have so much time in a day. So, when you take the time to write out these macro missions, and then you start writing out micro missions to actually compete, to actually bring those macro missions to life, you're very quickly going to see where there's competition. And the ultimate goal would be that your macro missions are not competing with each other in a way where you're not accomplishing any of them. For instance, in my own life, one of my macro missions is to eat dinner with my family at our kitchen table and to be around to tuck my kids into bed as many times as I possibly can in a year. That's a macro mission for me. So. Let's link that to career goals. If I worked a job that was second shift, I would miss dinner and tucking in my kids to bed nearly every night, likely. And then if I got home, say at 11 or 12 o'clock at night, working second shift, would I be willing to get up to see them in the morning before they went to school, or would I totally miss them both at night and in the morning? So by God's grace, I don't have a job that second shift. I'm able to accomplish this macro mission of eating dinner with my family nearly every night and being available to tuck my kids in to bed nearly every night. But this was not always the case. For a number of years, I worked jobs where I was not guaranteed to make it home for dinner. And I worked a couple of jobs where I had to travel quite significantly. It might seem like a simple macro mission, but for a number of years in my life, it was a long-term goal to work towards Being able to accomplish that. And by God's grace, currently, in the situation I'm in, I am able to be home for dinner and bedtime with my wife and kids. But when I make career decisions moving forward, that's always in my mind. When I evaluate opportunities, will I be able to keep in line with this macro mission? Now, say I had to work a job that was a second shift job. Maybe I would have to adjust that macro mission to I want to be there when my kids get up and to eat breakfast with them to still get time at the table. Maybe that macro mission would then have to evolve. I hope kind of drawing that out helps you to have a clearer picture or gives some color, some definition to what I mean when I'm talking about establishing your macro missions and your micro missions in life. For the young man who wants to start a nonprofit that helps people adopt who can't afford it. That gives him clarity when he's starting to make decisions. Who do I need to meet? Where do I need to go? How much money does it take to start a nonprofit? Notice that inside of this, I have not talked about reaching a dollar number. I have talked about establishing clear missions. And then, seeing where those missions compete, starting to align the missions so they line up, and then you figure out what it's going to cost you to do it, right? Lots of people go through life thinking, oh, if I just had X amount of dollars, I could do, oh, that would just be a dream come true. And then they get there and it's still empty. I would encourage you to flip that upside down, establish your missions, and then figure out what it's going to cost. Both in time and resources. Those eight categories to start with macro goals time, family, marriage, career, fitness, travel, generosity, and hobbies. And let's let Proverbs sixteen nine, it's a Bible verse, rule over this whole conversation. Proverbs sixteen nine says. I want to make sure that comes through clear. Not Proverbs 69. Proverbs 16.9. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So we may have ideas. We may even think what we're trying to accomplish is God honoring and right. Ten years from now, you may look back and realize you had it all wrong. So, trust that the Lord is going to get you exactly where He wants you to go. He's put skills and abilities into your life, He has allowed plans into your heart. Start walking. But if He adjusts your steps, if doors shut and other doors open, trust that God knows better. Trust that that you might not know or be able to see what he's doing with your life. If you would have talked to me when I was 19 as a student ministries major at Lancaster Bible College, I would have told you that I was going to be a youth pastor until I was 80 years old. Working in the church context, well, I worked on a church staff in various capacities for five years. I have not worked officially in a church context Since 2012, how my life has gone, how it has unfolded looks nothing like I would have predicted as 19-year-old Brad Gibbs. My macro missions then were really not accurate to what steps the Lord was planning In my life. And remember this the Lord is not guiding our steps to meet our goals. The Lord is not guiding our steps to meet our missions predominantly. The Lord is guiding our steps to bring Himself glory first and foremost and to show us our sin so we might cry out for a Savior. To see that we need a savior. And then when we have repented of our sin. seen that Jesus is mighty to save. God's concern for us is Christ likeness. The process of transforming our lives. To look more like the life of his beloved son Jesus Christ. Those are God's missions in life. For, for every person on earth. That they would be a creation that glorifies him, that they would be a human that sees their need for a savior and repents and confesses of their sin and cries out to Jesus Christ. And then that they start to live a life that bears resemblance to the life of Jesus Christ more and more in increasing measure every day. And he gives followers of Jesus the Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity to help with this process of transforming their life into Christ likeness. That's what's governing life. So think about where you see God moving in your life. Define your skills and abilities and what you like to do. Think about some big macro missions and then start laying out those micro missions. See where things are competing and it doesn't make sense. Start to draw them into line, so there's a highway for you to walk around. Start walking by faith with courage. When you hit a bump, when when a door shuts, wait for God to open another. That's a little clarity around micro and macro missions. Final thoughts for today. I'd like to introduce very briefly the Lancaster Thunder. I'm going to pick this up on Tuesday a little more. The Lancaster Thunder are a shell character that I've created for this show. But it's actually what I'm claiming as my franchise. The Lancaster Thunder are my franchise. I'm going to use it to communicate moves I would make in sports. So, for instance, you might hear me say, well, let's just use a recent recent example Shohei Ohtani was a free agent. The Los Angeles Dodgers signed him. Moving forward in the show, you might hear me say something like, the Lancaster Thunder wouldn't have signed Shohei Ohtani for $700 million. Or something like, the Lancaster Thunder would give Hendon Hooker a shot to be the starting quarterback if we had Jared Goff on the roster in a situation that looked like the Detroit Lions situation right now. I have had a logo made for the Lancaster Thunder. So a group of hippos is known as a Thunder. I would like to introduce to the world the mascot of the Lancaster Thunder, the mascot of Pro Fan League. His name is Big Mo. You can find pictures of him on the Pro Fan League Website this weekend. I'll try to put a link in the show notes. Meet Big Mo. Big Mo is our hippo. And when uh, there's a big play, we're going to call that a mo quake. A mo quake moment. You might say, well, what's a mo quake moment? I'll give you an example of a mo quake moment. When the US Olympic team Miracle on ice happened and that crowd went frenetic. That's a Moquake moment. Not every winning moment is a Moquake moment. Just the insane ones. So, that's a Moquake moment. Big Mo. Keep your eyes open for him. You'll see him. Eventually you're going to see Big Mo on hats and shirts and jerseys. I plan to build out a whole line around Big Mo. So, Lancaster Thunder, let that hit your mind. Let that start uh, percolating in your mind. Finally, NFL playoffs. They start tomorrow, run through Monday night, and the matchups are fantastic. There's no gimmies here. Steelers-Bills, Dolphins-Chiefs, Browns-Texans. Now, the Dolphins and the Chiefs are on Peacock, so if you want to watch that, you're going to have to pay for it. Right now, the projected temperature of that game is minus 1. They're saying it could be minus 10 with wind chill by game time. It'll be interesting to see who's going to prevail, CJ Stroud, Rookie Phenom, or Joe Flacco, salty veteran. I think the Bills are going to be hard to stop. So right now, I've said that the Phoenix Suns are going to win the NBA championship. I've said that uh, I I already failed with Alabama. But you know what? For the fun of it, I think this is the year. I think this is the year that the Buffalo Bills break through. Give me the bills for the Super Bowl. Give me the bills for the Super Bowl. There we have it. They're an interesting team. They're on a run. Josh Allen, give me the Buffalo Bills. We'll see if that turns into a Bradley's bloopers. Eyes peeled. I am grateful for you spending some time with the show today. I hope you have an amazing weekend. I hope you get to take in some football, some hoops. I hope you get to spend some time thinking through macro and micro missions. I uh, I hope the idea of the Lancaster Thunder is exciting. It's exciting to me. Enjoy the logo. I'll get it out there this weekend. Go make plays. Make a difference in your families. Make a difference in your community, your business. Thank you for spending. Some, thank you for spending some time with us. Give the show a five star like. However you listen to it, it's helpful. I'm cheering for you. We are not just fans. God willing, talk to you Tuesday.